Hello, welcome to Real Point Saints. This is Adam, and today we are running a game of Fear Itself. Now, we're going to be using First Edition on this game with the intention of following this game up with a uh, Second Edition game. So, joining me tonight are my wonderful players. And, uh, guys, if you want to go ahead and uh, just introduce yourself and tell me uh, about the character you're playing. All right. Uh, I'm Chris Hammond, fellow role-playing exchange co-host uh i will be playing cerise benoit and i am a teaching assistant for a history professor who uh is uh, apparently psychic you not the history professor that you're yeah, working no no on. i'm psychic. yeah i mean he he could be psychic too we don't know okay I'm that's true this is your itself anything yeah. is possible <laughs> all right shouting on thurman noise right, sean take us home here what we got you, you're, wait, you, are you queuing the theremin noise now? Or? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not my character now. <laughs> no, no. I'm on worst enemy, but go, go ahead and introduce your character there, Ops. Okay. Um, oh, my name's Sean. I am playing the character Jane Goodall, no relation, um, who is a grad student graphic designer. Um, she is both do, studying graphic design and doing a little bit on the side to try and get by. Um, and, um, yeah, her biggest sources of stability in her life currently are her sketchbook, her father, Brian and Pokemon go. So that probably gives you all you need to know. <laughs> sketch sounded like another word and that really confused me. Cause I did not write that in the character. She's no sketchbook. It's not like one sketch. This is not the picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> At least as far as I know. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, Darth, tell us about yourself and your character. I am the mysterious entity known only as Darth, and I will be playing uh, David Crowder, the police officer. I am presumably somewhere between 25 and 50. Um, I have a bushy mustache, and I believe in the law. <laughs> awesome. And what do you guys think of my little play aid here? My cop mustache. It's classy. It's more cowboy than cop, though. It, it came off yeah. of a box. <laughs> it's just kind of got that general 1800s vibe. Yeah. Good radio, guys. Good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to describe it in great detail for the next Allow 45 minutes. Allow me to describe minutes. my paper mustache in great detail. <laughs> There's one hair that goes up. There's another hair that goes down. <laughs> another hair goes There's up. There's a real mustache underneath the fake mustache. Okay. Oh, Lord. For real though, that must that, that uh, pizza is really good. Yeah. I know exactly what you got that from. So, uh, guys, you all are LARPers, as it will. We are going to be playing a scenario written by Robin Laws. My daughter apparently is excited about it, for she screams. Everyone loves Robin Laws. And it is called Ocean in the Forest. And uh, in this scenario, and we'll go ahead and start the game off. You guys are LARPers, which you know I kind of like the idea of a forty-something-year-old LARPer police officer, John McCain kind of guy, but you guys are LARPers, and you are going driving several miles from your hometown to participate in Eldark. Excuse me, I can't pronounce it. I can't pronounce I can't speak. Shit. Eldarok. Now, Eldarok is a, uh, this is a debut LARP. It's a live-action role-playing event uh, hosted by a company called Live Game. And uh, there is a cash prize involved in this. If you or, you know, whoever wins this or whatever group makes it to the end, they uh, become official 
like officially sponsored LARPers and they get a uh, $10,000 signing bonus to boot. So, yeah. Quick question. One of my sources of stability is my son, Justin. Is that why I've come here to escort him to the LARP or is he back at home? It's your call. Tell me how old Justin is and tell me. Uh, I think Justin is 16. He's rebellious and um, I'm trying to bond with him uh, by attending this LARP. Sir, if you want to take a source of stability into a war zone, fucking A, let's do it. <laughs> I'm down for that. So, yeah. But you guys have all kind of... He's in his met- goth phase right now. I beg your pardon? He's in his goth phase right now. Uh, we, well, we, this is not a vampire LARP, Justin. Uh, we are going to uh, say that you guys were all in a local community LARPing circuit, so to speak. And uh, so... To save on gas, you all kind of know each other. You have, um, let's say, you rented a van, so you've rented. Say, we're, we're, we, I was going to say that we're driving in my middle American late model Chevrolet Suburban. Here, let them let them finish up, Darth. Oh, sorry. It could be well, it could be a Suburban. I, I was just adding into it, but let's just say a van for you know, because you're bringing equipment, you're bringing your LARPing supplies. Uh, we'll go ahead and say that. Um, have you ever heard of Dagor or any? I think it's called Dagor. Have you ever heard of any of the um, LARPing deals where they kind of do combat and stuff like that with like nerf covered? Beg your pardon? Dagger here. Dagger here, yeah. Which I had a brother in law did that kind of stuff, so I've seen kind of the deal. So you guys are coming out, and um, so like we're going to decide like kind of what character class you're playing and so forth as we go on through this introduction here. But so you're packing equipment, you're packing armor, you're packing nerf shit. I mean, the whole nine yards. And um, you are driving to the event. Google Maps, you uh, pulled a Noah Carden and decided to avoid all tow roads. So you are have actually deviated off the interstate and you're traveling highways for large portions of your your commute to save a total of five dollars in tolls. How much gas are we spending to avoid it? Save the five dollars in tolls. You didn't so think about more. that. <laughs> so much more, but you just don't want to stop, Ricky Bobby. You don't want to stop. So it's a long drive. It's nighttime. Your characters are all gathered in a vehicle. Who would probably be driving? By the way, I need to know that. Whoever has the highest driving skill, of course. I have a drive of two. I have a four. Really? So probably me. Uh, how old is your character? Two. My well, character is about 24. My um, slightly below middle-aged ma- American male alphaness refuses to allow to uh, allow a young whippersnapper such as you to drive. Yeah, that's probably fair. The patriarchy wins. Okay. Yes. So I mean, the patriarchy wins against the, the most fair... fair the most frail, willow-shaped woman you've ever met. <laughs> So this is one of those blurry-eyed nights road trip. You've got to be. So much coffee. You've got to be there in the morning. You've decided to actually take off due to everybody's work schedules and so forth. You decided to, to kind of rest the day before and take off closer to midnight, and you're going to drive all the way through the night, and you're going to show up in the morning, and you should have just enough time for registrations for Elderick. So. That Blue. totally doesn't sound like the plot of a horror movie at all. No, no. This is no way for yourself, which, mm-hmm. yeah. which absolutely involves long, long, lonely highways at midnight. I'm okay. just going to be, I'm going to be in the back, back seat listening to Godspeed, you black emperor. 
<laughs> sharing music with uh, young Justin that's in the back seat. Yeah. So, so here we go, guys. Let's try us a little bit of role playing here. So, occasionally you've already deviated off the the interstate. You're taking the highway. Occasionally you'll meet a vehicle, but you're traveling late at night. You're kind of it's almost like a trance state if you've ever hit that state while driving at night to where you're almost to the point to where I don't know if you've been like this, but you feel like laying your like kind of resting your head against the window as you drive, Darth, because you think that you could probably still drive with one eye open. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I have too. Yeah, I've um, done the, like, 10-hour power drive. If anyone's ever done a road trip, they've done this. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, mm-hmm. I'm the person in the passenger seat whose job it is to clap whenever they look like they're drifting off. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, the, 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 it's only two more hours. Get me the coffee IV. I want to sleep in my own bed. Mm-hmm. My character the, may, su- may or may not suffer from insomnia, so I'm just going to say that. Put that out there. So, I'll, for the time being, I've mentioned this to the players before we hit record, but um, for the time being, I will be playing a, a minor role in this scene as one of the uh, other player characters while we wait for one of our friends to join up in the game. So I will be playing the EMT character, and uh, his name is Alex. So I will be playing Alex, so let me start it off. So... Justin, you're getting you're new in the role playing. If well, I'm talking to the player character that cannot talk back to me. Shit, um, talking to the NPC as in, <laughs> the DM is talking to an NPC. Yeah, congratulations. So I'll end up yep. talking to myself. <laughs> so Benoit, tell me, like, yes. what do you like? Aren't role aren't railroads an actual part of role playing? Like, I've been trying to figure this out as we. You know, every time we play and stuff like that, isn't the plot by the very definition a railroad? You know, this is an interesting question. I I, I think about this a lot in my free time. I, I've always thought of role-playing games themselves as illusions. It's no matter what you do, you're you're still at the beck and call of the person in charge. It's a very um, it's an unbalanced an unbalanced power dynamic. No matter what happens, you, you have to trust that the GM or the the dungeon master is listening to you and is not nudging things in the background. Ah, so hmm. you hear just like uh, you hear Dave perk up in the front seat and he's just like, "God damn it! I've been playing these games since 1977, and it's about the dice. I tell you, as long as yeah, you but if you make the dice say the game works, none of this crap about story based narrative experience." Hey, look, look, I'm all for systems and stuff, but if it's all about the dice, then the system inevitably spirals towards violence, okay? And that's not that's not as cool as, like, you can get with a good story-based system, okay? Wait, what, why are we, why would you play if you don't get to kill something? Like, that's the whole point. Because I want to, oh, yeah, I, sure. I want to find out the story. Killing is the I most important thing, important story dynamic. Yeah. Well, I mean, killing is also it, it's cathartic. It's fun, but, but I like I like both. Yeah. I mean, haven't you just played like The Sims or something like that, or No Man's Sky, where all you do is just explore and build something? I'm kind of with I'm kind of with them on this. Uh, is it Dave or Dan, Darth? What are Dave, I'm kind of with them on this, man. I think I think the game is what you make of it. But how can you really know what game's being made if you don't know what the person in charge of everything else is doing? Mm. Wait, I'm I'm confused. I just want to 
roll the dice and murder orcs. Is that so wrong? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Every game has its place. Uh, uh, <laughs> fucking, fucking <laughs> quietly, like, opens up her sketchbook and starts scribbling. <laughs> yeah, Dave just starts muttering about how much better things were when war games were tabletop-based. Oh, God. I'm surprised you haven't tried to call any of us swine. Yes. Dave, Grog- Dave Crowder, Grognard Cop. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a good segue to the next part of her character creation. So we've already – you've got the pre-gens. You've made some slight alterations to it here. So now we are going to talk about Ural's relationship. So let's, let's take a moment of out of character here. Now, we had some nice interactions, so – you're picking your relationships. Now, here's the deal. Like, you can both hate each other, and that works. I need at least one set of people to hate each other. But I, I hate Chris. It could be one. <laughs> and that's <laughs> who else I mean, saw that coming? Oh, so what? So what are you? What about in character? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in character. I think we clearly established that we have very divergent views on role-playing versus role-playing, and uh, this is a, a a ongoing bone of contention. Okay, <laughs> so why don't you do this real quick on the character sheet. Put Chris down on the enmities. Am I saying that right? Enmities. Enmities. Put him down on that column. And, Chris, if you feel the same way about about Dave... I, I don't. I didn't honestly think of Cerise hating anyone, but I, I guess. No, you're the you you're the moderate. Like, you're the one who doesn't get to hate anybody. Yeah, like like or I want to kill them in their sleep because okay. yeah. Dave does not like harbor <laughs> hatred in his heart for Cerise. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I'm the moderate. Like I, I don't really dislike it, anyone in the group. Interaction-wise, it seemed like Ops character and Dave didn't really meet eye to eye too. So it's like mm-hmm. yeah, you can no, kind of. I'm the biggest story flake you'll ever meet. What's your character's name again? Um, Jane. I mean, like, does enmities mean like outright hatred or just like rub each other the wrong way? I would say like rub a, each other the wrong way. It's just yeah. mild antipathy. Yeah, I feel like I have mild antipathy with both of the others over this fundamental divergence in the nature of uh, role-play systems. Yep. I have put down en- under Emily's Dave, Grognard Swine. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> that that works, and we can – and uh, so, guys, go ahead and take a moment on this, and then I would like to try something else. Okay. Hmm. Yes, I have put down Dave and uh, – uh, Cerise and Jane – Fate-loving hippies. <laughs> you could be, you could be, kind of have like no empathy for any of them, Darth. If you want to, that's fine. It's like it's just your kid that you're here for. I feel like I feel like I'm vaguely affiliated with them, but yeah. they're annoying and young and don't understand the glory that is Thaco. You've met Gygax, goddammit. He seemed to like you a lot. <laughs> yes, he seemed to understand my approach to gaming. <laughs> At least until he started mumbling something and moving on to the other table. Way more fun than just being like the dad who doesn't understand role-playing. I'm the dad who disagrees with his son <laughs> on the fundamental nature of what role-playing is. <laughs> Elaborate here, guys, for me, if you will. I One like- time I get, I tried to get everyone to play 13th age and Dave just fucking flicked me off and left the room. <laughs> oh no, Dave Aww. played a paladin of the uh of the emperor and just like 
murder lawful his way through the entire campaign. So this or is this, this is the fucking murder lawful dude. Tell tell me about this, guys, because this is kind of what this leads into the next thing I want to do. We'll still flashback to where um, Jane and Dave developed this deep-seated kind of rivalry with each other, this, um, you know, uh, abrasive relationship. Well, like, where did it begin? Like, tell me about it, guys. Actually, no, the 13-D age game is a great idea. <laughs> I, I have an idea. I yeah, was... developed in the 13th age game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to play a druid with a, a rich backstory, um, and um, but uh, unfortunately, no, um, he just kept munchkining through every single thing. Literally, there were several times where we had, like, a conversation thing, and I tried to, like, jump in, and then he just murdered the person. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then there was a time when I burned down your druid's grove. <laughs> yeah, well, so, that happened, too. It's like, uh, we were going to have this really well, interesting, rich... We, we had this, like, really interesting, rich backstory, and he's just like, I roll diplomacy. I get a 20. <laughs> I so know. what do you say? It doesn't matter. I, I got a 20 on diplomacy. <laughs> I was going to be tried by the Council of Druids. He got a 20 on diplomacy, slept with them, and then murdered the elder. <laughs> yes, no, and I burned down your druid's grove under the argument, there were, like, 20 wolves in there, and wolves are each worth 100 XP. So where's my 2,000 XP? <laughs> That is exactly what happened. I feel like Cerise is the GM in this group. (laughs) Which, this kind of leads me to another one. So we've kind of established that um, (laughs) even the best laid plans when Dave's around can turn into a bloodbath. So, Oh, also, Dave brought his real Claymore in addition to his uh, foam Claymore. Just in case. Oh my god. You know, just to show off. (laughs) I'll just keep it in the car. That's fine, right? Yeah, <laughs> just in case the wolves car. attack. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take one segue to just mention something real quick about the character of Darth. While talking with Aaron uh, from RPPR about uh, running Patreon games, he told me of an Eclipse Phase game where somebody, I believe, like, it was a total TPK, but, like, somebody crashed a spaceship into Earth to kill all the other players or an asteroid or something like that and all I had to say was, is that Darth? And he goes, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, entirely in character. <laughs> yes. 100%. So, so Chris... I'm uh, playing a caricature of myself. <laughs> so, Chris, we've already kind of talked about their relationship. Now, as, as the flashback kind of brought upon the discussion and systems and all that, you're kind of reminding of, you're going to have your own little flashback here. Um, tell me about a time that you betrayed somebody in this car's, uh, this van's trust. Like, who would you have betrayed? You have their characters and you also have Alex, which is the uh, EMT that's along on the trip. Like, what happened? And uh, and by the way, which side is in? What's your risk again? My risk is curiosity. Okay, so how did your how did your curiosity betray one of our uh, party members? I've always been kind of interested in drugs from a philosophical standpoint. They they alter the way you think about things and the way that uh, you interact with the world. So um, I know that uh, Alex is an EMT and uh, he has a bunch of crash course crash cart stuff. So one day he brought it he brought in his. Um, Medical bag, like emer- yeah, his medical bag from 
work because he decided to come straight to our gaming group after work. And uh, I manufactured an excuse for him to leave the room, or I I got everyone to leave the room so I could uh, work on our game board, and um, I grabbed a couple bottles. Hmm. What happened to... Was there any repercussions? Did Alex ever say anything to you about it, or do like what happened as a result of this? I'm gonna say Alex got in trouble, and he's kind of put two and two together, but maybe he's never said anything to me. Yeah, there was other people in the room, I guess, too. Yeah. And so yeah, but those are like class three narcotics or something like that, or not three, three. They were like, all emergency oh. laxatives. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can help. Just like it sounds like the most inefficient way to steal drugs, but okay. No, no, it's like, uh, well, you also have to keep in mind that Alex is addicted to Vicodin, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like he'd probably have some good stuff. <laughs> so basically, I stole from his stash when he was out, out of the room, and he couldn't say anything because then he'd have to admit he had a stash that he had been stealing from the hospital. Okay. So there I was. Say, I think it was less that he was, that he probably got in trouble, and more that he was pissed that he had to do extra work covering up. Yeah. Yeah. A little little okay. column A, a little column B. So Alex perks up and uh he's kind of sitting toward the back of the car. He's like, Man, like I know ten thousand dollars is a lot and like we're kinda of doing this for fun and it's like not a sure thing that we're gonna get this or anything. But I swear if I if I can get that ten thousand dollars and get this sponsorship I could probably put nearly pay off all of my student loans. Like I've I've got it paid down a little bit. I've I've almost got it. Um, what do you guys plan on doing with the money if you get if we win this? Stories is just drowning in a mountain of debt. <laughs> yeah, like most students, um, Jane is too. But I mean, like she'd probably also get herself something nice, like I don't know, some um, some good role playing art, maybe signed by. Uh, famous uh artist or something like that I, i'm not really up on that particular scene so i can't Dennis think of any off the top of my head yeah sure so what kind of gun are you gonna buy darth oh no um dave is going to spend half of it on a custom commissioned full suit of plate armor and the other half on a romantic european <laughs> vacation so he can get away with buying a full suit of plate armor and not have his wife divorce him <laughs> he's also going to wear it the entire time he's in Germany. Because yeah. <laughs> that's where he's going. He actually planned out the romantic vacation to pass through, like, all the big HEMA cities <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> oh, man. For, like, all day. I, I can imagine that, too, just, like, with his wife. They come in after a romantic dinner, and he's like, All right, lady, disrobe me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Cerise, some of it, some of it's going to go to student loans. The rest is going to go to um, an actual road trip across the country because she's she's not actually from America, so she's uh she kind of wants to visit. She she's French. Oh, oh God! No wonder Dave doesn't like her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Yep. I, na- I named her after a wrestler. That was the first name that I, it came up when Chris wanted a French name. Oh. God <laughs> damn it, Adam. Incidentally, it was his wrestler that strangled and murdered his family. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who it is now. God damn yeah, it. Um, I figure at least one person has got to be able to figure out who I named my character after. It's not hard. Yeah. I'm just so, not going to bring it up. I got one last thing for, for a little warm-up activity. Uh, well, yeah, I say so. I got two. Uh, so, uh, 
ops, you're playing Jane. Can you tell me this here? Like while this is, t- we're talking about money and how we're going to either, you know, like Dave's going to do something for his wife to avoid disappointment. You start thinking about how you disappointed a, a one of your sources of stability, somebody really close to you. Like what happened? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, I don't have, I do not have the, um, level of, uh, <clears throat> The uh, same level of um, drug, uh, what's the word, um, sort of interest that, uh, you know, Cheryl Vicodin over, has over there. Um, but uh, I did, um, I do have a pretty strong relationship with weed. And so, um, you know, this one time I was, uh, my mom was having a wedding. It's her third. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Um she was getting married to her third boy, third serious big boyfriend now. And, um, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I just couldn't, there, there was just something about it. I couldn't quite, and I still struggle to put this into words. Um, but they just, I just couldn't, um, couldn't quite get there. So, you know, I stayed in, um, I, I smoked a bit of weed, um, and, you know, that, that kind of fell down on me afterwards. Um, I'm kind of estranged a bit from my mom now who takes every single relationship very seriously. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that's, it's kind of the yeah, little, uh, uh, thorn in my paw there. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally it's just one of those things I think about and I'm like, <sighs> and yeah. I just had to add that in there, that picture. But, um, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, appropriate. <laughs> so, and final, th- final thing here, uh, Dave, like you look over at your son, you see, you see, what was his name again? James? What was it? Uh, well, I can't remember. Justin. I can't remember why I named your son. I'm sorry. I think it was Justin. Justin. You look over at Justin. He's excited. He was excited earlier, but he's kind of, you know, He's, he's kind of petering out. You can tell that he's not used to keeping these late hours and stuff like that. And you're, he's you're feeling, like a 16 year old teenager. You bet he is. Well, true. Yeah, he'll just sleep in until like 11 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. He's just a, a huge fucking nerd. So as yeah. you, as you look at him and you're, you're kind of grinning to yourself, you're like you're kind of glancing over at him. Like he's sitting in a, pa- a front passenger seat there, I guess. And, um, you start your mind trails. Now, I don't want you really to go into great detail about what uh, the worst thing you did ever did was, but tell me the aftermath. Tell me how you suffer. Like, you start you start feeling guilty. Like, you don't deserve this kind of happiness almost. Like, ex- explain to me, kind of paint a scene after the, like an after the, after the event kind of, like, what was the result of um, whenever the worst thing in the world happened to you, so to speak, if that makes sense. Just allude to it, Dave. Oh, me first. Um, yeah, that's just uh, you. I would probably say that um, as he was uh, sitting back at home on administrative leave, as is standard in these cases, he just sort of started to think. You know, was I was I right? Was I wrong? I'm not sure. And eventually, like after like weeks of contemplation, he just convinced himself he couldn't possibly have been wrong because he's a good guy, right? He's a yeah. he's a he's a good man, a family man cares about people, you know, he couldn't have possibly done something like that without it being the right move. You know, it was dark. I yeah. Say. Oh my God. So as you, as you kind of looking at your son, looking at the road, you just glance off the road for just a second. 
and then all of a sudden, just the front of the car is illuminated with light. There's a vehicle coming straight at you. Oh, I God, I know what, I, what you did last summer. <laughs> I need you to make a driving check. Um, I don't so think I'm ever going to need driving again after this, so I'm going to spin two. Okay, spin two, and then roll your D6, and tell me what okay, you got. I got a three, so five. Five, that's enough. So there's a van just barreling right towards you, and at the very last second, you you jerk the wheel, and everybody just kind of lurches to the, because uh, we're in America, the right side of the car. And you even hear your son's head just ping off the window. You start to fishtail a little bit. There's, a, It was raining earlier, and the road's kind of slick. You can kind of feel that almost like the ass end of uh, the van going around. But you've, you've went through the police training. You've went through all this. You know that you don't fight. You don't fight it when the, when the vehicle's starting to uh, spin. You know to turn into it. So you, as hard as it is, you lit your foot off of the gas. And slowly turn into it, and your vehicle, your truck does a, your van, excuse me, and it kind of sways when it does this because vans are top heavy. But you do a 360 in the road, and guys, as the van, and trust me, from somebody who's been in car wrecks before, and the car has been spinning around in the road, like everything goes slow motion, and you can see the the vehicle that uh, Dave has just narrowly missed shoot off the road, hit a bank, and go ass over nose and flips two or three times. And Dave eventually writes the vehicle, and you're all just sitting there, and there's a car several, several, you know, 65, 75 feet down the road um, on its top. What do you guys do? Um, Dave is going to immediately just jump out of the car uh, like, and just start running towards the uh, the other car, but at the same and like you know he's going to try and render assistance, but at the same time he's just screaming, "You motherfucker! What the fuck is wrong with you? You could have killed us!" Okay. So he's um, like screaming curses and he's going to try and render assistance. Yeah, no, Cerise is gonna run that way too and try to help. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. After like two. After two, about uh, 45 seconds of just, like, deer in the headlights, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die, aftershock. Um, you guys have already run out, um, and uh, Jane realizes she's the last one in the car, and she just sort of looks around. She, like, sort of shuffles over to the driver's seat a little bit and just, like, kind of, like, grips the um, steering wheel. Are the keys still left in, by the way, Darth? Yeah. Oh, no one needs to see that. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> I regret paying attention to my camera. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it was highly unfortunate. <laughs> I'm glad I was looking away at the time. Uh, got a Darth butt? Yeah, a lot of Darth butt. Anyway. Oh, God. Um, Darth yeah, no. Um, she's just sort of. Just in case things get a little hairy, she's, uh, she's just going to, you know. I think, I'm guessing you left the keys in the ignition, maybe. Yeah, no, the car's still running. Okay. So and, when you um, so she's so just when you're in a like, car crash, you you know you, you decide to bug out. I not bug out. I'm staying with the car. <laughs> you decide to abandon the rest of the party to their deaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that means I win, right? <laughs> yes, you win a lifetime of severe PTSD and survivor's guilt that ends only when you finally taste the sweet embrace of oblivion as you eat a shotgun. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> okay. So uh, well, as my I got a free nice. car out of it, so whatever. Justin is staring wide-eyed, but uh, the other character that I'm controlling, Alex EMT, obviously he would run out. So he's, you guys approach the, the van. Absolutely, Dave. It looks like the same type of van that you're that you guys are driving. It's the same, like. Oh God, we're all gonna be dead inside. <laughs> so, do you do you want to go up and um, do you want to go up and see uh, uh, check it out much closer? I mean, are you going up to see the people in the van? Yeah, I'm going to go and render aid and assistance. They could be severely injured. They flipped. Okay, so as you uh, uh, you guys run up there, I, I assume you're doing the same thing. Chris or Miss Ben, uh, Teresa is it Teresa? Cerise. Cerise, you're doing you're doing the same thing, correct? Cerise. That's a kind of green, right? Uh, cherry, actually. Hmm. Huh. Um, no, uh, I'm I'm basically there to uh, help Doug out. Like, so if Doug wants me to come up, I'll come with him. But I- I'm here to render assistance. I thought he was Dave, not Doug. My bad. Oh, sorry, Dave. Excuse me. Yeah. That's no problem. I was like, I had moments of self doubt. So he's I running. experienced a moment of temporary uh, bizarreness. Is my name suddenly changes? All right. Seconds. So, so Dave, as you and Alex, which is you know Aaron's character, if he ever shows, runs up. Uh, you run up. You notice that there are six people in this passenger van, and um, they definitely look banged up. Nobody's moving. Let me let me pull up the character sheet for the MT real quick. With uh, Alex looks Alex looks at the scene and he says we. We got to get them out. We got we got to get them out of this vehicle here. I like they could be badly hurt, and the vehicle's like on his top. So wait, are you? Wait. Is the vehicle like look like it's about to catch fire or something? You don't really see. I mean, there's no flames going. There's a slight smell gas, you know. But I mean, it did just do a flip or two and stuff like that. But you don't. There's no smoke really, other than just coming off of the uh, engine block. Well, Which I is will, actually filling the cab of the um, the van. I will obey the medical professional. Okay. And I will motion for uh, Chris's character to do the same, for Sarit to do the same. All right. So, okay. um, so guys, I'm going to need, and I'm, well, I'm going to have to break out a die myself here. Let's do an athletics check here to see, because there are six people and there are three of us, and I just dropped a D4. So if I stepped on that, it would probably break my foot. All right. Um, I'm going to spend two points of athletics because this is important. And uh, I stepped on the mic cord and unplugged my headset. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> so Professionalism. Uh, you know it. So uh, are you anybody spending anything or are you just yeah. going to go? Okay. Uh, I spent two points, and uh, after the point spent, I got a six. Okay. I did not spend anything, and I got a two. Okay. So – so, Cerise, you you go for the driver's side. There is a odor looking man there. Like when you unbuckle him, like he kind of just—I mean, he was suspended beforehand. He just kind of drops uh, like a foot or his head and back or against the top of the the now crumpled up band. So it's not probably that far of a fall for him. And you wrestle him out of there. Uh, um, uh, Dave, you're having trouble. Like the door is bent in, and you're having to um, 
just reach in and try your best not to cut your hands and jerk and pry the door open. So we've got one out, and we see Alex. He is also, like, the doors are buckled. So we've got one person out here. Uh, let's do another round here. So we've got one person out of the vehicle. Would you like to, like, anybody want to spend or just roll base on trying to get any more? Uh, I don't have a lot of athletics, so I'll roll base. Okay. I uh, will four. also roll base. Also okay. four. Okay, and Alex got, he succeeded. So you reach over there, Cerise, there is a, looks like a, she looks younger than you. Looks like young, she, a young girl looks younger than any of the, your party. You, uh, go around to the passenger side and, uh, it's not as dented up. You're able to get that, pull her out of the vehicle and Alex and Dave both, since it's, we're kind of dealing with a sliding like van door, they both muscle in jerk the door open and they pull two people out so at this point i need one of you guys to give me a sense trouble okay so okay, since I have points in that <laughs> i have so many points in sense trouble would you like to roll that i only want one person like it's a one and done for the group so who wants to uh, run uh, row it i will spend a single point of sense trouble okay and go ahead and row uh after the spend five, five, you looking down as you get pull, you're kind of lining the people up as you pull them out. They're about, um, you know, say fifteen foot, fifteen twenty foot uh, away. As you're laying the last one down, and you see Dave and Alex pulling their prospective people, which are uh, both looks like a young man and a young woman. You see, kind of. I guess it would be if the rear, if the nose of the car, of the van is facing you, you see toward the back end around where the gas tank is, you see on the ground like a spark happen and you see a fire take to like a puddle of gas and you see it trailing up to the vehicle really quick. What do you do? Um, it's trailing up to the vehicle? Yeah, so it, I mean, it's on the, yeah, it was, it's still a couple of feet away. So like the gas was leaking out of the motor and it had kind of trailed away to a, you know, almost the side of the road, and now it's 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 ignited and it's going quick. You know, toward the vehicle. <laughs> All right, Darth. Odds or evens? Um, odds always odds. Evens. So, um, instead of informing you that that's about to happen, Cerise's response is to take her jacket and try to swipe away the gas line. Oh, you're far, you're like fifteen or twenty foot away from it. Oh, oh! In that yeah, case, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, you're you were dragging the last person away from the van. I'm sorry. All right, no, no. Then she screams out, "Get out of the car now!" Okay. So, as you guys hear that, how do you want to react? I would like to get out of the car now. Oh, you're at well. You you're already mid midway there. You're you've kind of got somebody. You're dragging them by the shoulders. Alex is dragging them by the shoulders. So, so what? Double time. Yep. Okay. We'll say since you've already made two two rows in athletics, you managed to get over to the rest of the group at the same time that the vehicle ignites and there's an explosion. You see flames just ripple through the interior of the van, and you know, you know without a, a uh, after your kind of ears stop ringing and stuff like that, then you're thankful no shrapnel went in your general direction and stuff like that. You realize two people are are definitely dead. So I'm gonna. Let's there go ahead. Are- Fully dead. If yeah. they're not, 
They will be soon. True. So what we're going to do a stability check. Now, Sean, uh, stability in these games, you're allowed to spend stability to modify the row or you can row at base. Okay. I will go ahead and tell you right now that you guys are wanting to beat a uh, a uh, number of a stabi- a difficulty of four. Well, that's that's every stability check. Is four. Yeah. So unless you're psychic, then you're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Wait a second, you're psychic. That, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you don't necessarily know that if he hasn't told anyone. <clears throat> I did sneak a look at his character sheet. <clears throat> yeah, no, out of character, I'm psychic, but. Yeah, that's true. We haven't figured that out yet. Um, okay. So we spend from the stability pool. Wait. You can. You don't have to. Okay. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a point. Uh, keep in um, mind, to roll a four or above is a 50% chance. Oh, God. Uh, I got a six. You got a six. Okay. So let me see. I am... Um, it's All right, Chris. So we'll say that your character... Uh, it just doesn't seem real enough, and you've already seen enough weird shit as it as it throughout your course of your life with your abilities and so forth. That I don't know, it, you have you've kind of developed a detachment, like self defense mechanism, so to speak. Like you're you see it, but it's not really registering, so you don't take any any loss. Uh, okay. What about you, Dave? Natural six. Natural six. You you're a cop. This isn't the first time you've been on a wreck. Yeah. There's okay. no reason we keep a bottle of Diet Coke. And, and what about yourself, there, Jane? Um, I haven't decided. What, unfortunately, I do not remember what my stability pool was, or I it's, never figured it out. It's at the it's at the bottom of the worksheet on the right hand side. It should be. Let me look at Jane's. You're the grad. Yep. You have um, ten stability, and you have ten health. Okay. So. Um. Okay. I'll go ahead and spend a point for, point on that. Okay. All right. So let's see here. And I will roll it. That's a 1d6. Yeah. Everything's d6. I get a five. Okay. It's like, I get like, kind of like with, uh, with threes, it just, it doesn't seem real, but, uh, I'm a little too far away from the action. Yeah. You're, you're, I would say you're more concerned also with the, uh, trying to keep, um, um, Justin. Like you kind of went into mother hen mode, and you're you're trying to keep him calm. Now, Alex, I wrote for him. He is an EMT, and he also wrote a natural six, which would probably be the only natural six of the uh, <laughs> of his game. The way I wrote, so he's he's seen it before, and he's busying himself with uh, taking care of those on the side. He reports to you guys that it doesn't look good. I mean, they're breathing, but it's it's shallow. He's afraid of internal injuries. So you guys have just witnessed a um, car wreck. What do you do, Mike? I'm going to try and call 911. <laughs> okay. I'm so, gonna I'm I'm gonna continue to uh, keep Justin, um, you know, uh, occupied in the back seat. Okay. And uh, we'll just wait up for Chris on this next part too here. Uh, so uh, I'll just we'll just I'll edit this part out when we do this. I'm going to write down. Let's see. Damn. I wish I had a timestamp for how long we've been doing this. Hmm. Well, if you're going to edit this out, then I'll just... Uh... <laughs> I'll start cursing and using ethnic slurs. Sorry, what is this? <laughs> I'll just start listing all the ethnic slurs I know. That's a long list, by the way. After Rick. Okay. 4chan was a strict but informative master in that regard. 
Christ. I was just waiting for you to get back. Yeah, so, it's just going to take me a second. No, it's cool. It's cool. We got a little bit more, and then we may take a break. By the way, do you guys know about the furry eclipse face? Yes. No. Moving on. <laughs> I actually bought it for five bucks. That was a waste of five dollars. Moving on. Actually, I bought it because I like the art of one of the guys who draws it. Moving on. Oh, shit. I just that. <laughs> All right. So, let's do this then. So, Darth, I mean, excuse me, Dave, while it's pretty much present day and stuff like that, you are still out in the middle of BFE. So, you find yourself walking around with your cell phone outstretched in front of you trying to, to find a bar. Eventually, you do. Actually, you're, you've had to walk past where your van is parked in the road to I, where I'm going to try standing on top of my van to see if I can get a better signal <laughs> and incidentally you do and you reach uh, 911 dispatch you give them as close as you can remember like a, a approximation of where the accident occurred they inform you to stay on site until the officer and uh, medical pers- professionals arrive because you have to do statements of course being in the uh, business you know all this but uh right. it, i would assume it's just like eight with, with yeah. two points of cop talk it's just a free spin to now, you know. as you as you're standing on top of your vehicle um you notice uh, and you, the headlights of your vehicles kind of illuminated do you have uh i think your character has investigative procedure right yes i do i have two points of investigative okay you actually know. You actually are looking at where this vehicle was coming at you from that direction, the opposite direction. And you, with the investigative procedure, you actually notice something. Let me see here. There's something missing. Like if something strikes you as odd, you you see tire marks, but. Not to the degree that you would expect to see, if that makes sense. Like they were in, they were in the wrong lane, right? Yeah, they were in the wrong lane, and you. So like, they're like tire marks just starting in the middle of the wrong lane. That's it. You don't see the tire marks till much further back. Like, like say the vehicle cut over into the other lane real quick. Does that make sense? So there was no deceleration as the vehicle shot by you until so what I'm asking is do the tire marks start in the correct lane or do they just start in the oncoming lane the tire marks start in the correct lane and it's just a small like you jerking over into the other lane it's not like they decelerated you know what I mean okay. it's like they were going at a fast speed and then just whipped the car over into your lane and you standing on the vehicle you look back to where the rest of your party is and the lights, the fire from the, the van, which is pretty much contained to the road. You, you only start to see brake light, uh, see the, uh, skid marks from that van when it actually started approaching, uh, the embankment off the side of the road, if that makes sense. So there was no stopping. So it, it, there was like, they weren't breaking. They just, they, they weren't breaking. The only mark you see is where they shot over into your lane and it just is, like skidded the tires a little bit. So, but, so either they were deliberately trying to ram us, or they were running from something. Yeah, and they were terrified, too terrified to slow down. Or something made them get over into the opposite lane. Now that would fall under them deliberately trying to. So, ops, I know your character Jane. I know she has a uh, stability right now of nine. Chris, what is your character stability at? Seven. 
Seven. Plus, you're you're the psychic of the bunch, so you don't know what you're doing. Like you've never been in this kind of situation. You're you're listening to Alex. He's telling you to do stuff, but even from your detached point of view right here, you can see that Alex is grasping for straws. He's trying. He's he's checking them. He's you hear him mumble something as he checks the uh, the odor gentleman that you guys pulled out of the car. That like he coded. You you catch that, but it's not really like registering. But what you do feel is like frustration like like free throating frustration like you're upset you're angry and you're a little disappointed and how would like would this be what your character would be feeling at this exact point chris no cerise would be freaked the fuck out yeah. instead you're upset because uh, it's it's kind of like you know, you lost a hand of cards, or you're frustrated. It's, it's you're feeling the wrong thing, and I don't know. It's odd. It's just you don't know what to make of it here. It's, but it's like I'm mirroring someone else's emotions. Exactly. It's like you're an like you're empathetic. You're picking up someone else's deal. Like if you go, you ever been to a funeral before, and you're not really close to the person and all that, but you walk in and you see such pain and misery on everybody's face that you can feel the tears just welling behind your eyes that are not really your tears, but just being empathetic to the situation. It's just like that, but it's all right. frustration. Um, I stop whatever I'm doing. Uh, like I, I stop helping Alex for a moment and I just look around and I like scan the area. Because wow. I'm I'm attuned to the world, and I I suspect that there's someone around here who who's uh, I'm feeding off of somehow. Are you Are you wanting to use your um, psychic powers? Which I think yes. what did I put that down as aura reading or aura yeah, reading? Yeah, aura reading. Aura reading. But you, it's all right. So all right, why don't you give me a uh, spend if you're going to do this? All right. Um, I'm just going to do a straight roll unless I need to spend for that. Okay, that's fine. You are entitled to roll at base. Okay. <laughs> Six. Man. That's a crit. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, how much stability do I lose? Let me describe the scene first, and we'll, we'll, we'll consult Trail Cthulhu's stability guide. So in the silhouette of these flames, of this van... And the smell, and God, you're never going to get this smell out of your nose again. The smell of burning flesh. You've heard of it. Alex, you you wonder how he can work through this. You wonder how Dave, who is standing on top of his of the van, peering like like a like a southern plantation overseer on the car that's the worst description I can think of no but, I would say like a sea captain like a sea captain over the muddy ocean <laughs> you you don't see why these people aren't affected by this but what you do see is it's almost like a mirror distortion think predator if you you've seen the predator movies is that correct Chris yes yeah. you can kill it <laughs> you see almost like a mirrored, like, not mirrored, but distorted water translucent reflection of a humanoid shape. And you get the, you see the eyes, much like in Predator, 
like for a moment you see them kind of like light up and you don't know if that's just the the reflection of the flames or this this thing's eyes really light up but you see this almost translucent huge humongous man-shaped things eyes light up and then take a few steps off of the road and just dissipate and now let's go for that set that stability check i think i fucked up guys all right um i don't have a lot of stability so i'm gonna roll base okay because i'm already a little half crazy Oh, we do have a shrink in the midst. So. Five. Five. Just, I think it'd be fair to say just take one. Okay. On that. you. This is not your first rodeo. Usually, with your abilities, reading ores, uh, you see colors around people. Occasionally, and definitely during your youth, you kind of got other things you've seen. And you can kind of tell me about those if you want. But uh, this isn't your first rodeo, but it's definitely disquieting. So, All right. Well, I'm a quarter down, guys, already. <laughs> I am impressed. That That is some quality Cthulhu one-shotting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have lost two sand points. Well, we start out pretty weak on this thing, too. But and remember, I impress you. <laughs> you, go, you go negative numbers. Yeah. So we're we're still doing okay. So I should have just stayed in the car. Jeez, <laughs> I'm just hanging out here. I'm like having. I, I'm telling Justin exactly how bad a role player his dad is, <laughs> getting into like specific things because I know he heard that. So you're just talking shit about his dad. Like this is actually makes sense because he's a teenager. I, I'm trying to teach him the first things I know about dramatic pacing. I, oh God! I, <laughs> I'm like. He's probably really into it too, because you're like a cool adult. Just, just, it's just like one of the rules, right? Like when another character is having a dramatic r- moment, you don't kill the person who's responsible for that, <laughs> or the NPC, or whatever. What? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. But then, how will you get the XP? Yeah, but it's it's not about the experience. It's about the experience. The experience. <laughs> <laughs> I like role-playing versus role-playing my dad talks about that a lot. And then he starts yelling about role-players and how they don't understand Gygax's vision. <laughs> well, he's got the one going to a, who decided to take us all to a LARP thing, so... He gets the belt. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so... If, you was an enlightened you see the EMTs arrive first on the scene. There's, uh, I would assume, Dave, you mentioned how many people were in the accident. So yeah, they, there's several ambulances. Yeah, I have two points in cop talk, so I probably gave like, uh, you know, like a pretty perfect, like, yeah. you know, like like the dream nine one one call from somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about and doesn't just keep screaming about the blood. The blood is everywhere. <laughs> The um, you so you see the ambulances come in, and then later there's a there's a squad car. So tell me, guys, as the ambulances kind of uh, Alex hangs around with them to help, he produces his credentials really quick, just so there wouldn't be any issues of malpractice. And uh, so he's with them. So the three of you guys are gathered back at your van. Uh, the police are securing the scene right now. Uh, First off, uh, Cerise, um, are you going to mention what you saw to them? Like, does the rest of the party know that you 
have this ability, these feelings? Um, I think the rest of the party kind of thinks Cerise is a hippie. <laughs> she no, doesn't we really think you're a spook specifically. I'm the hippie. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. uh like she she has beliefs, but they don't like she doesn't really talk about them. Yeah, I'm the one with like the hand woven wicker uh, armchair in her tiny apartment living room. Yeah, no, no, Cerise is a little more like low key about it. Like it's not a lifestyle. It's just like you know. Sometimes I think about there's life after death and how that affects the world. Okay. Dave thinks she's just a hippie, but he's seen enough weird shit just being a cop that, you know, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Like, every once in a while, she's just very, she's like uncanny, uncannily empathetic. Like, yeah, like, she's probably just a hippie, but eh, heaven and earth. One time, um, one time Dave came to, came to the game session and... Like, she just kind of looked at him, and it's like, oh, you're having a fight with your partner right now, aren't you? That was a weird day. Yeah. By the way, who is Dark Secret, do I know? I forget. You know, we've never even really discussed that there. We kind of, it kind of petered off there. Um, would it be, would I be uh, overstepping my bounds too much to say that you under you realized you were called in on the trouble that Alex got into about the pills? Okay, so, so I... You're, you're covered up for, I covered for Alex, and I'm trying to get him, whatever, or I covered up for him. He's the best damn druid you have ever seen in a D20 game. <laughs> you, you pretty much, like, you didn't hamper the investigation, but you did everything you could just to write it off as he left his bag in the, in the ambulance and some peel heads broke into it. it. So he got in a little bit of trouble about that ordeal, and they've, You've, you've noticed it from the beginning that you had a son, and it's one of these things that you just stop and notice periodically as you have children, just how much you're growing up. But Justin isn't really a 16-year-old boy at this exact moment. Um, he's standing real close to you, and he's just staring at everything going on. And you look down to his face. You look down at his face, and you you see the horror kind of reflecting in his eyes. The same horror that probably you saw the first accident or first crime scene or first homicide that you ever worked. And for a moment, you feel a, a pang in your heart. Like so That's a stability test. I was actually about to say, would him realizing that he's like gone into job mode and neglected his kid like be a stability check? Or would it just be like an, oh shit, I got to go like fix this I, thing? I, I, I don't think I'm actually ask you to roll stability on this, but you you realize that you've inadvertently exposed your son to something that's going to stick with him for a while. Like even as a grown man, you know he's going to look back on this, and a part of you and you feel guilty. And I apologize for putting words in your mouth here. You feel guilty, but at the same time, you're glad that you did the things that you did right now. There, just so. I don't know what what would what would this be a kind of a good thing, Dave? Well, for you? Dave feels like he's uh, well. Uh, what Dave wants is to be someone worthy of respect, and uh, he feels like he he demonstrated what it means to be a man to his son in how he how he behaved in the situation, and like he feels like he didn't behave in a dishonorable way in uh, his reaction to a crisis. You feel his he's gonna he's gonna like put his arm around Justin. And just, oh. like, he's not very good at word talk, 
about feelings. We just kind of like go for the squeeze and the hug. You you feel him lean into you, and yeah. you in the faces this horribleness. You feel you know your bond strengthening with your son, and you you feel love, and it's you know it's it's a unique sensation. Explain, please, uh, Jane. How about yourself here? Like you've kind of missed most of the action there, but how how's your character taking this, Jane? You're muted. Um, after the stress after the accident. Yeah, just as you watch the EMTs and you see people frantically being placed on the stretchers, and um, you see so, uh, you see a technician, the fire department's up here by now. You see a, a firefighter pulling up, and with they're hosing out the interior and the van with fire extinguishers, and you know, so yeah, no, for me it's it's been sort of a slow kick. I mean. Um, there was the shock of, you know, nearly crashing to our deaths there for a second. Um, but, um, you know, um, after that, um, I kind of mentally hid and now it's really starting to kick in. Like I see the stretchers going by, I see, um, flames coming up from the car. Um, I'm actually, I'm outside now that, um, Justin's, um, hanging out with his dad and, you know, um, yeah, no, it's really starting to kick in for me. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, after, and <laughs> if you've ever been as, <laughs> been a witness to an accident before, it, it seems like it takes forever where you're standing oh, there. Oh, God, yeah, it's rough. And eventually, yeah. a police officer, middle-aged man, almost looked like a cookie cutter cut out of the typical small-town cop, walks up, uh, Good evening, folks. Oh, he looks uh, like Dave's twin, <laughs> but slightly. He's a little. He's a little softer. He looks like he has a two in athletics, and uh, you kind of you wonder Shit, if I he could run this guy. <laughs> you, you wonder if if he could pass a physical, but he introduced himself. Uh, oh, folks, uh, we definitely here in uh, Sawyer County definitely appreciate you. Uh, report calling this in reporting this accident. My name is Officer Belden. I'm uh, I'm gonna need to take statements from you all. But first off, um, who was uh, driving the vehicle? Uh, this vehicle in question. Um, I point directly to Darth's character. <laughs> yeah, I will forward that motherfucker. Because <laughs> okay. you two hate each other. No, I don't. Sir, it's kind of procedure. In events like this, but would you uh, willingly consent to a breathalyzer? Sure. Okay, so he, you and him kind of, there's a couple other officers on the scene, but you and him step over to his squad car. Now, uh, you know, you're kind of with us here. How do you want, how would you handle this scene here? So you, you go up, you blow in it, it, it comes back, you know, 0.5, you're, no, you're in handcuffs, not playing. But, what? Not playing, but it comes back zero. You, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, but, Dave would actually probably, like, joke around and, like, tap his nose with his eyes closed and, like, uh, just sort like of... Zero-point cop talk spin. Basically. Yeah, the zero-point cop talk spin, thin blue line. Uh, so do you do you, um, tell the Officer Belden that you are uh, an officer as well? Yeah, I will vaguely mention it, and I'm like, uh, if you want a statement, I'll gladly give one. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so tell me what happened here since you were driving the vehicle. Uh, I'll be like, well, uh, as you can see from the skid marks here, here, and here, the van uh, approached us in the uh, 
was approaching uh, against the correct flow of traffic and uh, approached at what must have been 10 miles above the limit on this road. Um, luckily for the people in my car, I was able to execute a, a, a correct uh, evasion maneuver. But uh, oh my god, I can't believe you just like, used the word evasion maneuver. But it looks like the uh, the driver of the van was uh, not so lucky. Uh, we immediately uh, jumped out, me and my uh, friend here, Alex, who's a uh, EMT. We uh, we uh, moved to render aid and assistance. Um, unfortunately, um, we were not able to get everyone out of the car before the gas tank caught. And then he just sort of looks off in the distance. And he's like, but they were, I don't know what they were thinking. They must have been high or drunk or something. They just came at us out of the dark. Uh, well, long lane. And I point to, like the skid marks that show, like, <laughs> we spun all the way around. So, are you saying, are you saying that you think this was suicide? I don't know what it was, honestly. I, I mean... That thing about them must be being high. That's that's just me being very. I'm. I have no idea what this was. For as a cop, you'd think to be smart enough to not to hedge your bets there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm like I that was me saying what? Yeah, I'm hedging. Like so, I have no idea what happened. Like the only concrete facts I can give you are the fact that they came at us uh, in the incorrect lane and uh, that. Beyond that, I have no idea what was happening in the vehicle. Right. And, uh, none of them woke up when we were pulling them out. So you've so. You've, worked, you've worked vehicular accidents. I mean, there's like it does look iffy. If everything, of course, we'll take a look at it. We can't take your word on it here, but it does look iffy that the situation. But you know, there's really no way for us to prove that this was suicide. So I say I, mean, I don't know what it was. I say for. For the sake of the families and all, which is assumed that at this point it was a rabbit, raccoon, or deer or something like that that they were swerving to to miss. You know, it, it happens all the time. I'm it's, sure that was. I'm sure that was the case. It it seems stupid that you would endanger your own life for the risk of, to save an animal, but you know it's a reflex. And what do you do? And looks like Aaron. Aaron, welcome aboard, buddy. For listeners at home, Aaron. What's up, everybody. Yeah, Aaron's here. Hey, Aaron, you are. I've made a decision for you, so I hope you don't mind. I've been playing your character, but he's been rowing re- really well. Not crazy yet. <laughs> That's uh, important. Yes. <laughs> None uh, of us is get crazy so far. Yeah, you've already got eaten by the Shaga. Well, Chris told me I was playing an EMT. Yeah, you're the EMT. Cool. So you're. I, I named your character Alex just on the fly, but uh, we're. We're just actually bringing everything to a close here because I might have to get off here before too long, but we'll go a little bit further. So to recap for you, Aaron, you all were driving to a LARPing. It's almost like a competition exhibition, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) You are traveling with uh, police officer Dave and his son, Justin. Dave is being played by Dar. And also art grad student Jane Goodall played by Sean. All right. Hi. And Cerise Benoit, who is a teacher's assistant for a history professor in a local community college. So you all have just, uh, while driving to this event, uh, got in an auto accident. Uh, 
vehicle was in your lane. Thankfully, with Dave's cat-like reflexes, he avoids being <laughs> struck by the vehicle, and uh, the vehicle crashed into an embankment, flipped a couple times, and you heroically, along with Dave and uh, Therese, managed to pull four of these six people from the the vehicle out of it before it exploded into flames. And now, please for taking your statements. Nice. Um, so, Dave, Officer Belden takes your statement. He goes around like anyone else want to add anything different to their statement other than the vanilla flavor of there was somebody in the light ro- the road we swerved to miss them. Quick question before we yeah yeah what was that uh, Darth? Oh, uh, Aaron, is your character a role player or a role player? Role R O L E or role R O L L? Um, R O L L. Okay, so you're on my side of the divide. <laughs> I'm not a dirty LARPer. Also, Chris, you got a haircut. I did. We, we've decided that this group of, of people divides down the line between story gamers and uh, D&Ders. Uh, Cerise, does not, Cerise does not take part in that, that binary nonsense. Chris. <laughs> she likes D&D just as much as she likes fucking Fate. <laughs> so what about what does Cerise say to the police by the way oh uh she mentions that she saw someone watching the uh watching over the car wreck afterwards and just disappeared okay uh officer Belden looks at you kind of quizzically he's like like from where I I don't know I mean like you knew where you saw where he was standing didn't you yeah he he was he was standing behind the uh car so I was a little distracted by the flames. I mean, it's like kind of like how you uh, shine a light in our eyes, so we can't see your features. Oh, do you? He kind of pauses a moment <laughs> in his statement and continue, like kind of. Subject is combative, charging <laughs> with uh, obstructing an investigation. It's kind of like a, you see, it's like an ice cream headache. You know, you kind of see him just kind of like crane his head to the left painfully, and then he looks back at you. And then he, mean, she's not wrong. Error does not compute. <laughs> Subject hostile. Activating subroutine. Stick time. Dot exe. <laughs> Subject so is being oppositional he, defiant. He, he motions for another officer comes up and then points in that general direction. Uh, instructs the officer, like, try to keep everybody from that side of the vehicle at all possible. There was possibly someone else at the scene of this accident. Uh, he looks back at you. Do you believe it was somebody from the vehicle itself that's made it out? Or um, No, I, I don't think so. I don't. Uh, he was very tall. He was very tall and slender, wearing a black suit and red. A tie. man, if you will. No, I don't think he was in the car or it. I, I he, she, that it, they. I don't know. Okay. He um, so he goes ahead and hands you look. If you've ever had to fill out a police report, he's kind of it's gathered a couple clipboards and all that. So you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of are you know busy writing now that he spoke to you, Jane. Are you going to add anything to this? Or are you going to? You're muted. Oh, only that if uh, I'm going to be another, uh, if this is another clips phase funnel, I'm going to be very mad. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we started talking about computer programs, and I was like, oh, God, it's happening again. 
No, Eclipse Blades is too top heavy for me to run at this point in my evolution as a GM. Understandable. All right. All all scenarios must inevitably lead into Eclipse Blades. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Carcosa either. I actually flipped a coin to decide whether that scenario would end with Carcosa or Eclipse Phase. <laughs> Carcosa is my first play. For those of you at home, we are talking about uh, what the hell did we name that one, Chris? Backup Flyer. Backup Flyer. Please check it at RollPointExchange.com. And uh, oh, sorry, I am doing the side effect. <laughs> so, Aaron, yo. I, I retconned your character as, or not retconned, I guess is the correct word. So I mentioned that your character as, was it minister, helping administer to the, the people on scene when the other EMTs had popped up since you are, are trained. And by this point, they've got their own people here and you, you make it back over to the rest of your group. Your man, like you should have had gloves on. Because you're covered in blood and you don't have blood gloves on, and you know, you know what that means, and you know, like you're you're kind of yeah, you're kind of aware of your your situation oh, at the moment here. I'm not going to make you roll a stability check for hepatitis. Don't worry Am about I gonna that. Become a latent? <laughs> but I'm you're a latent. you're painfully aware. Um, but uh, wait, does he have mythosyphilis now? He, he's he's ate up with missiles, gonorrhea. <laughs> but you can treat it with an ointment. I but, actually had a character die of mythos syphilis once. I remember that. <laughs> the uh, So, as best you can through this hurried description, is there anything that you would like to add to this, um, uh, to the, the statements that you're giving? Um, I feel like maybe I should tell them that I administered a little bit of care. Okay, uh, he, he looks at you. That's that's awful brave thing you you did there. Uh, we'll definitely. I, I noticed you're a little worse for wear there. Uh, once you go over and let one of the EMTs give you something to clean up with, uh, do you have like a spare change of clothes or? Well, well, we'll worry about that later. You know, your shirt's kind of covered. But uh, when you come back, we'll we'll take your statement. So after what seems like a couple of hours, you like the the vans reel out. Uh, Amos's head off and there's two two of the four are leaving with their sirens on the other ambulances don't appear to be in such a hurry you catch my drift but uh you fill out the statements you get back in your vehicle and you're back on the road again to elder just saw four people die <laughs> So, CTV. Born to be wild comes on over the radio. Uh, Dave is going to regale the rest, the passengers, with um, the technical details of just how difficult it is to evade an accident like that and retain your car in a fully drivable condition. Uh, he even thinks he's going to get his deposit back, and uh, you know. Just Dave, like, are you driving? Still, yeah. <laughs> unless anyone else like tries to start driving, which. Out of character might not be the bad idea because I blew all my driving points. Uh, Dave will just sort of, without thinking, get back in the driver's seat. So, yeah, um, no, Cerise will actually get into the driver's seat. Sure. And so, while Dave is talking about this, she just puts a CD in, and now you're all forced to listen to Godspeed, you Black Emperor, for two hours until Dave stops talking. So, I literally right. fall asleep without th- within 30 seconds. <laughs> 
So before you before you drift off, is there any role playing you want to do here with uh, like amongst yourselves after having witnessed this? I, I definitely encourage us here. Like, is there um, any? Anything? I will mention that um, while I was uh, watching, um, just kind of watching the whole scene play out, I took a couple of quick sketches um, that I uh, put in my sketchbook and just 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 for posterity's sake, just because it's 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 really the only thing that helped me process that experience like a coping mechanism if you will a little bit yeah okay um cerise looks shaken she's she's you, you know her she's not a talker so okay uh okay. alex is gonna i've seen people die before because you know emt so i'm just gonna notice what uh cerise is putting in the radio go oh, for fuck's sake shake my head and put headphones in so i don't have to listen to god's bg black emperor <laughs> Dave can't hear Godspeed You Black Emperor over the sound of his own voice. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Dave can't hear Godspeed You Black Emperor because he's too old. <laughs> <laughs> From the back seat, drive by truck come through, comes through my headphones. I was thinking more of the ya ya guys. They don't love you like I love you. Oh, God. But yeah, no. Uh, I'm just saying, out of character, she like she does not look good. Okay. This is Man. a good role-playing point. Perhaps someone should shrink. With shrink, should speak to her. Does anyone have shrink? I don't have a. I don't have my character sheet, so I don't know what skills oh. I have. Hey, it's a, the character sheets on my drive. I I put the link in the. Um, I'll just the, post. Uh, I have the link right here, so I'll just. Uh, you you actually, in fact, have shrink. Ooh. Also, this is unrelated, but my scary black toenail is coming off, and it's really weird. Oh God. Very black toenail was the name of my high school Godspeed Death Throne Emperor um, cover oh band. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not true because your high school band was Infinity. Oh gosh! No, <laughs> uh, was. Scary Golden Throne Black God Emperor Man was my high school bolt thrower cover band. Fucking bolt thrower! <laughs> Warhammer Christ. Um, so pretty much, I'm I'm looking through the rule book right now on stability gains. Uh, so, Alex, you you notice that that Therese or, is it Therese or Cerise? I, I'm saying it wrong every time. Cerise. Cerise. C r i s e. You you realize that Cerise like she sees traumatized. You've you've seen this before. You assume probably that Dave's also noticed this. He's worked some of the same wrecks. You all. Have, had a um, at times strange relationship, which we will go into after the fact here. We've had a few you, you were an, an interesting uh, uh, case for him, but uh, so in a game of emotional horror PCs, where we're getting lost stability points by helping supporting characters. Do you want to kind of talk her through, like you know? I will. Okay. I will talk Cerise through her grief. It's gonna. I'm going to start with, you know, Cerise, death's nothing to be afraid of. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you know, death. You may have to get make another stability check. <laughs> no, she's just quiet for a I moment. Mean, I'm not afraid of death. I all, all the right. time. It, we're lucky it wasn't us. All right, so why don't you, like, you, get, you're, you need a roll. I'm going to say this is, I think, a difficulty of... Uh, what's it say? Was it three or four? It doesn't really say. So we'll go for the light end of this. All stability tests are four. Four. Okay. So we'll go for a stability test of four. You can spend points or roll with your base on this if you want. Yeah, I know. Cerise just kind of like keeps driving. I'm not afraid of death. 
Okay. I've so never been afraid of death. Takes us into the ditch. I, I sort of hear that as I'm falling asleep. I'm like, should I have been driving? <laughs> 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 then I just fall asleep again. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, four. Oh, well, he needs to row first to see, and then you can row a bit, see how much you gain. Okay. So if you row four, we'll see if, if um, Aaron succeeds. Wait, are you having a therapy session while you're driving the car? You're driving. No, no, I'm. I've already said that I was the one driving. I said he was driving. Or Cerise was driving. Yeah, Cerise is driving. (laughs) Oh, God, bro. Drive check again. You're going to kill them all. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. We'll we'll retcon it. No, no, we don't need. This is not a time where we need to roll a driving check. Aaron, you're row D6. Oh, God. Computer, internet, quit freaking out. Are you doing a Are you doing a spin, or are you just rolling base? I'm trying to roll, but uh, are you? Spin- I, I need to know if you're spinning before you roll. Oh, uh, no. Okay. I rolled a six. All right. So is that I'm, good? I'm trying to figure out if if a, if a point, and I apologize for listeners here. This is the first time I've ran, you know, second time I ran for yourself. I can't remember if he has to spend a point to do that, or if he can roll it base on that. I told him he could. Oh, he, uh, he spins points of shrink, and Chris regains points of stability. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two points for every one spoint he pens, spends. Yeah, so, one point he pens. Okay. So, yeah, so you if he can... spends one point of strength, uh, I will regain two points of stability, which is all I need. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah, on the other well, then page. I guess I'll spend my one point. Yeah, no, this is an actual, like, this is more a role-playing moment. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. I've seen several people die from this. <laughs> I'm not worried about the people who died. Did I ever tell you about the time that I got called out, or uh, I ended up at a multiple homicide? But I hope that in your hometown there, that that Alex is going to go up to the high school whenever they're doing their, like, hey, don't go out and get drunk and kill yourself at prom, like, speech. I hope you're just in front of an assembly, like, saying this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah he's going to bring slides. Okay, so it happened. Have you guys seen the, when you fly out? Have you guys seen the movie Bernie? Oh, you should. Okay, so there's a scene in the film where um, it, it's based on real life. It's about a guy. It's about a mortician who uh, made friends with a very, very mean woman who basically dominated his life until he killed her. That's very. Interesting. Oh no, no, it's it's no, it's I, a weird, weird movie, but it's takes place in Texas. Yeah, yeah, Texas. East Texas too. Um, but uh, in East Texas, apparently at one point they got Bernie to um the the actual mortician, like the real person, to uh create a scene at the local high school where someone got hit by a car. And the mortician came up and tried to like make him look normal <coughs> before he drove him off in the hearse. And then the principal came while all the fucking students were there. Wait, so the principal came while all the students watched? I'm oh god, sure. they... oh, And god. then the principal was like, This is what happens <laughs> with teen drinking. Oh my god. It's amazing. So- so let's go ahead and add in your points there, Chris, and yeah. we will we will take this home by saying yeah, you, yeah let's put this up. You guys, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm kind of running out of gas. So yeah. you drive through the night um, after the first little 
out, you know, conversation that pops up. It's just almost silence uh, for the duration of it. And as the sun starts peeking over the forest uh, that is surrounding the um, park that Elderac or Elderac or Elderac or whatever I said it was is taking place here. Uh, you were, were greeted with a, a parking lot like I wouldn't say it's like Oz full of like vehicles and stuff like that, but there are, you know, you know, a good twenty or thirty vehicles, most of which look like SUVs or something that could carry multiple people and stuff like that. You pull up there and uh as you get out of the car and you're kind of stretching and you're you got these big bags under your eyes and everything yawning and just hoping to get a cup of coffee you see a man with a clipboard walk up to you and you recognize him from the local larping scene in your hometown as marty moran he goes where the fuck have you been and we will end scene right there and scene so and scene anyway guys we will uh any uh questions comments or suggestions before i stop this uh recording uh nope i think we're good i mean you know it's, it's always fun being part of a car accident <laughs> <laughs> definitely i mean it's not like it's happened like two-thirds of the games in the last month very true very true it's kind well, of good cars but i don't remember how many accidents <laughs> the same so, accident we did have the same characters get involved in a car accident with the, with themselves. Thank you all for listening to our first episode of, and I flipped the page to it, the ocean in the foothoods or ocean in the forest. I have done forgot the name of the scenario. <laughs> I done forgot. I'm sorry, forgot folks. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for joining us for this first episode of the Fear Self game, Ocean in the Forest. Hope you join in and listen to us next time. It's just named that now. That's the name of it. <laughs> Decided. It's a, it's a God's teeth situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>